This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. What's up, people? Post American Podcast. We're back again. Uh, hope you enjoyed that last episode with Jamie from Code Orange. Uh, very enlightening look into what it takes to be a contender, a rock and roll contender. It's pretty, pretty fascinating to see the work ethic of, of those guys. Um, today, we got a friend of ours who uh, we met and bonded with on tour. And to a, a pretty awesome degree where we ended up uh, doing a release together. Um, this is our friend Dan Smith, tattoo artist, rock and roll uh, hero, and a good friend. Dan, say hello to the people. How's everybody doing? My guys, my, 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 my new guys, you know, brought to, brought to me by the, the glory of hardcore. It's pretty fascinating, right? You know? you, like the, the connections that you make through just through playing shows and sharing a stage with somebody. Yeah, it was amazing, man. It was, uh, I mean, for anyone who isn't, you know, familiar what we're talking about, it was the persistence tour, uh, that just happened at the beginning of the year. But, you know, for me, man, it was, um, it kind of, it put a lot of stuff in, in perspective, you know what I mean? To have something that in essence was just exactly what I kind of grew up doing, uh, be it at the bottom of the world, you know, it was, um, it, it kind of, uh, took me on a bit of a, a stroll down memory lane of, when I first, um, you know, my band first supported a bunch of bands from the States or whatever. And, and, um, we became friends and then, you know, one thing led to another. And then, you know, in 2004, I moved over here. So to me, it was, it was, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. And it was just such an honest, uh, thing, you know, everybody was friends and got to, uh, check out, you know, all the bands, everyone was, everyone was stoked and on stage every night for everybody. And, you know, just feel yeah. super lucky to, to have been a part of it and to have some new friends, you know? And you know, and you know what? Yo, Toby was so excited for us to hang out with you. Like, that was his... He, yeah, he kept he on pushing, talking he about it. pushing yeah. you on us. Like, Be, like before we started. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're going to send him the check for that as well. So, yeah, thanks for reminding <laughs> me. Oh, Toby's nuts. But, uh, yo, Dan, you said you, said you were doing this from when you were like, you know, a little youngster on the other side of the world, mm. what, what were your earliest bands? And, and originally you're from England, right? Yeah. So I was born in England. Um, and I moved, my, my family moved from England to New Zealand in, in, uh, 86. So I just, uh, I just had my 40th birthday, but yeah, back then in England, things weren't, weren't really looking too good for the, the future of the country, you know? So there was a, a couple huge waves of people, uh, leaving, and uh some family kind of did it like the year before my family did it and um new zealand and australia were kind of the the two hot spots back then in the in the mid 80s or whatever for, for people to kind of try and find a bit of a better life you know so we we did that and then um i was my dad was was a mod in england you know so i grew up on tons of different different oh, band cool. he had a, an epic uh, record collection that you know some of my earliest memories are just 
sitting down, just like flicking through each record and kind of studying each one. And, and, you know, and then kind of more, more when I became like a, a teenager, it was kind of my, my journey, you know, like you kind of bridge different bands and then you kind of get into different things. And you, but as far as a, a musical sort of like foundation or, or whatever, like I, I pretty much had the best. Yeah, that's great. What's like, what's like an early, uh, early record that you fell in love with as a, as a child? Well, obviously, like he was a mod, so he he was definitely into the whole mod scene. The Who, he used to, you know, he used to ride uh, Lambrettas and stuff with, with his friends. But we grew up in in the north of England, and it was basically, uh, you know, what well, was a town called uh, Middlesbrough in, in Yorkshire, which is basically like the the Flint, Michigan of uh, of mm-hmm. England. You know what I mean? Like super hardworking town, a lot of hard times and stuff. You know, the undrinkable water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, a lot of the real hardworking bands I, I, I love, but he, you know, he was giving me stuff like, I mean, early, early New Order, you know, was one of his favorite bands and, and Joy Division, The Smiths, uh, The Cure, he was a huge fan of, uh, Madness, which, you know, is, is, is one of my favorite bands as well. Um, so, you know, and, and back then he had a lot of those, um, compilations you know like now that's what i call music and, and stuff like and and they they were always super good for uh for compilations you know so it was kind of up to me to take take that and, and run with it a little bit but um you know i guess i guess where it all kind of started with with punk and 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 then obviously into hardcore was obviously like the sex pistols and the buzzcocks and the jam and and shit like that and then um you know, before you know it, if you've got a few compilations, it's getting a little bit, a little bit more aggressive, and then it it kind of crosses the the pond to the to the states. Which, you know, when I was like sort of fourteen, fifteen, I was pretty much, you know, obsessed with um, all kinds of punk and, and hardcore bands from here. So, um, you know, it's 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 funny when you're you're not from here, you know, and and you, you really think that. America is is everything, you know, in so many different ways. It could be music, but it could be, I mean, it's it's from skateboarding, it's from movies, it's 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 everything, you know. When you're a kid, you, you're trying to put on an American accent. It's with your friends at school, you know. So to me, I, I feel like I had um, a pretty clear vision of wanting to wanting to be here. I mean, maybe not live here, but I mean. Uh, I haven't looked back, you know, I was here, I moved here in 2004. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yo, and bef- while you were in New Zealand. Yeah. That's like, is that where you picked up like your early hard? Well, not early, but like the, uh, the nineties hardcore stuff, or was that in Australia where you picked up on that stuff? Th- that was definitely in New Zealand. Like New Zealand had an amazing record store called crawl space and um, just a, a hole in the wall, but they would order in like anything that we could, you know, a- anything that we had any interest in. But, um, yeah. you know, it, it, so, so this is, you know, this is like mid nineties. So it's, it was very different to, to grow up in a small country where like, you know, you really don't have much of a, like, like, like there was no other way to get music at, at that point, you know? And luckily like, I was a younger kid who, who, who hung out at the classic, you know, punk house or whatever, hardcore house, um, with, uh, three, three older friends of mine that ended up actually moving to New York, 
uh, late nineties and, and they were in this legendary New Zealand hardcore band called balance. Um, ben, the drummer ended up playing for Snapcase. Uh, Reese ended up, uh, who was the guitarist and, and actually played in, in our band as well. Um, he ended up playing with Roger with the disasters and, um, you know, my friend Lawrence, he moved up to Syracuse and kind of had that upstate connection, which, you know, me being like 17, 18, I was completely obsessed with like, you know, the Syracuse kind of uh, sound. So I had these like really important kind of people who kind of bridged the gap, you know, for, for us down there. It, it, when you grow up there, you realize that it's just so far away and you think that the, it's, it's, a, it's a world away, you know, and you'll never even visit. But that when those guys, um, you know, ended up moving and, and, and not only that, but even playing for, for some of these bands that we, we were listening to, it was just like, holy shit, like anyone can do this or, or yeah. I, I want to at least try to do it. So, um, so yeah, I moved to Australia. I, I actually moved to join a band uh, in 2001. And um, that's the band that I did most of the touring with internationally. That was uh, Day of Contempt. Mm. And uh, back then, sort of late, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, more and more bands from the States started coming down, which, which wasn't a regular thing before that. Um, it was kind of only the bands that had sort of like, not crossed over, but, you know, like Sick of It All and, and, and VOD and stuff like that. Um, but we, we also, me and my friends were the ones that kind of brought all those bands down there too. So me leaving to go to Australia, it was kind of, a, you know, the, the next step kind of thing, the next stepping stone of what I kind of figured would be to get to America. So, yeah, think about that. That's crazy. You, you come up with these guys a little older than you and then they just have the balls and they make a move and then they're right in the mix with everything. That's yeah. That must have, that must have looked real good, like real appealing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think back now, and I'm like, Jesus, man. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't think I had. You know, I wasn't like, I got these balls. Check me out. I'm going to move to America. It was just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. But it is. Yeah, it's funny, that's, man. It's a big move. Point, you know, it's um, wild when you look back at your life at things that didn't really seem brave at the time, but when you think back on it, you're like, that was fucking crazy. Oh, like certain, man. yeah. And and you certainly took a lot of them. I think just like going moving from New Zealand to Australia is a is probably like a scary thing. That's probably like a scary step. Moving from Australia to here is like another huge leap. You know, like like there's, uh, I'm what are like what are, thinking of that uh, with that mentality. What's like the biggest leap you took in your life? I mean, it was definitely moving here, you know, like, because we, you know, we were a band that had done some, some cool stuff and where we were at, we'd, we'd done kind of the most that any band had done, you know, like no, no other band had really, you know, toured all of the U S Canada, Japan, Europe. Before. Yeah. Like, it's like you're talking about like hardcore and punk bands. Yeah. 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 So, so to us, we were like, oh, we're just going to try and do this. You know, we, we, it's, it's like the next step, you know what I mean? But really looking back, it was, it was pretty naive, you know, like it was a really naive um, decision. It came with a lot of, uh, a lot of disappointment and a lot of, a lot of surprises, you know, but, um, uh, 
not, not that I would change anything, but it's, um, you know, it's like, like you said, like you don't really realize until you're in it, you know? And it's like when you're, you know, we, we sold, I sold everything that I had to move here. You know, we came over with a suitcase and I had a basic car and, um, you know, the, the few things that were sort of what we assumed were concrete, you know, shortly after moving all fell apart. So we were, you know, we didn't have a place to live for a few months. We, we had a van that we were living in. And the funny thing was like, we were in Orange County, which is, you know, a place that you grow up kind of like looking at going like, man, like what, you know, I got to, what do I have to do? Yeah. I got to sell an organ to be able to live in Orange County, California. You know what I mean? And we're, we're here. And we've got nothing to our name, no money, you know, and all I, all I had was tattooing and, uh, you know, I'm super, super grateful that I had that because it really kind of saved the day and it kept, it kept me and everybody afloat. And, um, you know, I kind of had these two, two sort of parallel, but like very different, um, worlds going on where like, you know, on, on the tours that we, we were on, like, uh, in previous years before moving, I'd meet these tattoo artists that I totally admired and look up, looked up to. And, and, uh, you know, people like Jim Minor, who was in death by stereo and like, um, uh, EMS from brothers keeper. He, you know, he was, he wasn't tattooing back then, but he, you know, he was in the mix and stuff. Mike ski, um, Grez from Kings Avenue, um, Adam Barton, you know, all these people that were like, you know, it, it was, they were so involved in hardcore and, and stuff. And it was really just like, man, this is my life, but just in America, you know, it's like, I, w- I was yeah. doing the exact same thing in a different country. Um, so, you know, it, it, it came with huge ups and downs and it was, um, it was definitely the craziest move that I ever made. And I just kind of, uh, stuck with it and things kind of worked out. All right. You know, <laughs> yo, I remember, I remember day of contempt and I remember for some reason, I used to love that logo and the font, like the way it was written. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I always like, uh, you know, whenever I saw it somewhere on a flyer or anything, I always remember that. But I never was—I wasn't aware you guys were from Australia back then. Like I didn't—I I didn't think anybody was from outside of the U.S. in the whole scene. That's how naive I was. I just thought yeah, that yeah. Okay, maybe well, there's we... some guys from Ohio or something would be like the farthest of of the bands, you know that you know. But yeah, that's cool. I remember that totally. I remember telling you that uh, on tour about Day in Contempt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got we got to put out a record on uh, the first kind of like international thing, I guess that we did. Thing that we did was we put out a record on Good Life Records. Yes, um, Edward. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, we were like, "Oh shit, we've we've done it." You know what I mean? Like we're at yeah. a label that's outside of this country. Like, holy shit! But little did we know but you know we 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 were welcome man with with open arms by a lot of people and um we you know i i think back on that and i'm just super grateful for all the people that i met through hardcore and, and through punk and stuff and we you know we came over and we got added to the hellfest lineup um and that was just, you know that was just an amazing taste of like holy shit we can we can do this um but yeah it's like it's weird man you know it's like for for the enthusiasm that you have and stuff like life life can kind of get in the way sometimes as well you know so yeah. that um that decision that we kind of made on like blind faith 
kind of bit us in the, in the ass eventually. And it just, it kind of fizzled out after a couple of years, you know, and, and stuff was just pretty unhealthy. And, um, you know, I, again, I was lucky to have tattooing cause I feel like I would have truly lost my mind if I didn't have that. But, um, you know, it was just time to do something, something different. So, uh, yeah, we kind of called it a day and did another band. Did any of the guys uh, stay after the band stopped or no? Yeah, a couple stayed. Uh, a couple went went back straight away. Um, but it was like... No contact yeah, with anybody still? or uh, Contact with, with, with Joel, the drummer. Um, but but that's it, you know. It's... um. It was it was it was kind of a pivotal point for me, you know what I mean? I, I feel like I always put everything into what I've done, and I mean, you guys know you've been in in this band and other bands long enough to know that everybody kind of plays a different role, right? And and you kind of quickly realize who does what, and yeah. it's a balancing act, and it's it's almost science if if it if it works out perfectly, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know. We, we didn't go through anything that uh, most other bands really wouldn't kind of go through, but we just didn't have the luxury of kind of staying with our parents or um, crashing. Or, e- or even being close, semi, you know, semi close to home, like, you know, turn yeah. around and drive eight hours and head home. You can't even do that. Yeah. yeah you're, you're like giving up your whole social network basically. So every, every place you're familiar with, every face you're familiar with, you're just, yeah. Yeah, turning your, not turning your back on it, but just going far yeah. away from all of it. That's that's a scary thought. I remember. I remember people. one time we were we were living in the van, you know, and so there was like you know five of us or whatever in the van, and and uh, we were on PCH, which is in it's in uh, Corona del Mar, which you know we we actually stayed with um, everybody in the bleeding through house for for a while, you know, but there was I think twelve or thirteen people living in like a a two bedroom little like beach kind of house at that time. And <laughs> we, were, we were living, you know, we were in the van and it was, I was like, you know, you wake up in the van and the sun has been, it's like six 30 or seven and it's just blistering heat in the summer, you know, and you, I'm kind of tapping open the, the back door, just going like, I'm, I'm kind of in a place where like most people would fucking kill somebody to be. And I'm, I'm sleeping in a van and, and, I've got to kind of get myself together to go and do a days of, you know, days, uh, tattooing in a completely, you know, foreign shop and, and new environment and stuff. And, and, uh, I don't know, man, there was some, yeah, there was some real crazy times, but man, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't change any of it. You know, that's dope. When, and when, when, when you talk you- about the, Joe, let me just ask him about this. Like the tattoo part of the whole equation for you is so big. Mm. And you mentioned like all of these guys that you met early on, and I, I know a little about tattoos because, you know, my friends involved, so many friends. I've seen you, but, man. You, you're ranked up. Yeah, I got really dope tattoos, like, you know, high-level shit. Everybody knows that. But I always <laughs> wonder, is there any, like, other scene that is so relevant in the tattoo scene as, like, the hardcore scene? Like, is there something I don't know about? Like, it just seems like almost, you know, just because of who I hang out with, all of their roots are from hardcore. Is there something else out there? I know the biker scene way back in the day was big with the uh, tattoos. Is there something else I don't know about? I don't think so. I think, I think honestly, I have that to thank everything. The, the, 
the similarities and, and stuff between both has, I mean, for, for me personally, like bands would come down to Australia or New Zealand when I lived there and like, like American Nightmare came down and this was in the first year that I was tattooing, you know, to be able to play and then go, you know what, let's go tattoo afterwards. And, and have, it's just, you know, it was, it was stuff that we would do with our friends, but then all of a sudden you, you're doing it with a band like American Nightmare or, or One King Down or, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just yeah. crazy. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was cool because the late or, or the, the early 2000s, that wave of tattoo style, it was just crazy, super bright, kind of traditional, but definitely kind of weird and stuff. And it, I mean, me and all my friends in New Zealand just got covered from the age of like 16, 17, you know, it was like, I was in the shop every week, every Friday, I'd work my ass off all day delivering overalls and, and rags and towels and stuff to, to mechanics and businesses just so I could get to the tattoo shop on Friday. And then we would, you know, play a show that we'd put on on the weekend, you know? And so once, once that kind of got this international sort of like, visibility where you know it wasn't just sick of it all that was coming down it was it was it was a ton of other bands it just brought the whole world way closer you know mm. so, um i kind of did the same thing in, in in australia and just the popularity of of the band at that time like we you know we got some press and and whatever else and then you know most most people who grow up with punk and hardcore are, are, are super welcoming right so it's just that that attitude of like i don't necessarily know everything about you I, but but i'm gonna do something for you and i'm gonna welcome you and i'm gonna extend myself to you um was amazing and and i definitely felt that in in the states you know nice nice and i always tell every time we have a tattoo a tattooist on the show that i think that Vinny, roger and John Joseph should get a small percentage, maybe a point zero zero six four percentage <laughs> of every, uh, almost every tattoo that goes down on hardcore kids today or by hardcore kids if they were once. Because I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think that there's such a like that's almost like the bottom of the like the the the, the beginning point of the whole explosion of tattoos especially with it within the music scene. You know what I mean? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, dude, Roger playing with the shirt off every time, like that front, that whole front piece. Yeah. Like, I had everybody going nuts. Like when they yeah. see that, like, like you know, con considering what else was sort of being, you know, what else was visible at that time? Like, you know, maybe Lemmy had one on his forearm and, and, and some classic, like old, old rockers had the standard issue, you know, one, one piece on the forearm or, or, or yeah. upper arm. And then Roger busts out with that. It's like amazing. Yeah. I love it. And there's so <laughs> many people who point to that and say, like, they saw them in a magazine and they were like, whoa, who are those guys? And then they checked out hardcore for the first time because they yeah. saw Roger and Vinny in a magazine. Yeah. Or they saw John Joseph in a magazine and they were like, I need to know more about this crazy looking tattooed guy. Yeah. I mean, and just again, just in the case of us three, we were lucky enough to tour with those maniacs and earlier this year like and if we mm -hmm. didn't do that tour shit what would we have done all year nothing like yeah, the way yeah. things worked out 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. lucky. Think about that. that Man, the yeah. potential for, for, time off. Yeah. To meet to meet Vinny and then him give me the, the nickname of, of of Danny Boy. You know what I mean? Straight away. It was yeah. it was it was just surreal, man. It was surreal. I don't know. I think me me and my friends always kind of gravitated to the to the New York sound early on, you know, and and the sort of uh I mean definitely an East Coast sort of sensibility, but but definitely a New York thing as well. And and just generally speaking, you know what I mean? So to to be on tour with those dudes and you know, I think we got off the plane after well, you know, after the connecting flight or whatever, we were up for over a day, and then we uh, we met all you guys on the bus, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just walk in, and 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 I think uh, Vinny was upstairs sleeping, and he you know walks down, and I'm like, all right, yep, I'm here. Like this is this is happening, you know. Vinny, Vinny. Well, yo, let me ask you, what made you guys pick the move to California over maybe a, a potential move to New York early on? You know what? I, I thought about this not so long ago. There wasn't really any specific thing that that made us end up here. It was basically like, honestly, I think it was that, a t- you know, w- well, we'd, we'd met the dudes in Throwdown. We'd met the dudes in Bleeding Through mm-hmm. uh, and and um, 18V, some other bands from around here and stuff. But I think it was just because a tour like kind of started and, and finished here. And then oh, we're okay. the tour and we're like, all right, well fuck now, now what do we do? Kind of thing. You know? Um, yeah, I think you made the right choice in the long run. I'm just wondering. I don't know if we could have make it, made it on, on the East coast, just, just with the way that it's kind of set up out here. And, and, and I, I don't know. It, I think about it often, but I don't know if, it, if it, it's so different. You know, every time I visit the East coast, I love it. Um, but, the West Coast. I mean, I'm from New Zealand, so the whole the whole country's a beach. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, it's um, it has a lot more similarities than the East Coast. But you know what? Now it just makes me really love visiting the East Coast even more because I still remember, you know, taking the train from JFK just by myself, the first first ever trip, um, get into the city, just take you know. Walking, walking up from the from the the um, the tube station, you know, and just walking out and just fucking being knocked over basically by by New York, you know. And I, the first thing I did was went and got a bagel and a coffee from, you know, uh-huh. from the nearest place. And it's just like, dude, like I don't know. I think if there's people listening from another country, like we kind of get it, but I don't, I don't know if you guys would <laughs> in the same way. But um, yeah, it's, it's I still get like, uh, yeah. enthusiasm, that boyish like innocence uh, you know when you first visit the place uh, a place for the first time that's dope. i worked there for years and i'm richie has too i don't anymore but you know I, i've it be it was like a daily thing going there for a long time for me but i still was never like not impressed with it yeah you know i don't think yeah. I, I don't know how many times i would have to go there or how long i would have to be there to not be impressed by new york city like it's it's pretty fucking awesome Yo, guys, I went. I went in there yesterday. I went into Manhattan, Times Square. Very, very weird, man. With all that's going yeah, on, it's still yeah. like a ghost town. Not like a ghost town, but for New York City standards, yeah, ghost town for real. Yeah. It was. It was. It was creepy for sure. But uh, let's get to this though. 
you do this thing, you go to California, you, you tour with the band, eventually whatever, blah, 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 the band, this, that. What, like, what brought you, a lot of people, if they don't realize, Dan Smith, the tattooist from L.A. Inc. with the Cat Van D and all of that, <laughs> like, well, how how did that, like, what, did you get a phone call? Did you know these people? Like, how did that, like, how'd you get on TV? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. They, um, so when I first moved here, I, I said that I was working in a tattoo shop that was um, this this place called uh, Inflictions, and it was in a town called Arcadia, which is kind of inland uh, in from from LA. And um, so Jim Miner from Death by Stereo, he on one of our tours here before I moved, he basically said, you know, man, I, I'm so glad we're friends. Like, you know, like I said, he he was kind of me here and i was you know what i mean I, he was doing the exact same thing playing in a band tattooing and he was like i want to make sure that anywhere i'm at any shop uh, you'll always have a chair you know so to me that was like fuck i gotta i gotta move i gotta do this for me and if, if it works out with the band great that's the priority but if it doesn't I, i'll at least have this thing to fall back on so the shop that he worked at um cat worked at that at that same shop you know, and so I met her before she did uh, Miami Inc. And I worked with her and I was friends with her before that. And then she kind of went off to Miami and did, did all that, you know. And that was, I mean, it was the first real tattoo TV show that, that, that had a lot of weight behind it, a lot of push. Yeah, that was you know, it, it was, it changed everything, you know. So kind of kept in touch a little bit. And then she came back to L.A., and she had her own show, you know, which I mean, you know, that she had billboards all over LA and, and it was, it was a, a huge deal. And knowing her as kind of the girl that I, I worked with, it was like, fuck, I can't, I can't believe that this is happening to, to tattooing, you know, in general, like, um, so she wanted me to be on the show. So at that point I was, I was still playing music. I was touring and I went in and was on the show and she tattooed me. I had a, a Unfortunately, my, my best friend who was still in New Zealand, who, who'd actually just visited uh, the month before, he passed away with his uh, his wife and baby all at the same time in, in a oh car accident. So I got I got all their portraits tattooed on my side, and um, I, that kind of that kind of changed me as 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 a, as a person. To be honest, it kind of made me really like kind of reevaluate all my decisions that I'd made up until that point. It was it was a heavy time, you know, in the band um, before that. Uh, the, the previous band kind of self-destructed and it was just like, you know, I was just kind of lost and it, it, it really was kind of a time that I was looking at to put more energy and more kind of effort into tattooing. And, um, you know, we had these visas that were like valid for a year. So that meant, it meant like every pretty much eight months you had to kind of reapply and, and you had to prove that you were active and prove that you were doing all this stuff. And of course that was my job to do it, you know, and it was, it was kind of crazy to keep all these flyers and, and stuff and, and knowing that it was just, a, it was just a hardcore band. It was never really going to be enough um, to, 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 you know, justify like a solid visa, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so every eight months we were kind of like, biting our nails going like, man, are we even going to, like, am I even going to live here anymore? Like I've, I've, I've been here for a few years, but like, damn. So, um, long story short, she asked me to come and work at the shop and 
at first I didn't really get it. And then one day she, she reached out and was like, you know what, you should really come and work at the shop. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to put the band to the side for a minute and see what happens there. And then just put everything into, uh, tattooing. And, um, I did. And then, you know, the, they'd filmed two seasons and, um, they were about to film the third season and, she just kind of said, they want, you know, I, I want you to be on the show. And I was just like, are you serious? Like, I, that was something I would never even think of doing, like, at all. Uh-huh. So, but you know what? I thought about it. And I'm like, I'm not, I've never been one to kind of say no and wonder what could have happened. I just do it. And then if you learn from it and you fall on your ass, like, all right, cool. You've, you've made, you know, you, you've learned a lesson and you know what not to do in the future. But um, here goes. So I, uh, I jumped in, you know, I did the audition and, and all that kind of shit, all the TV stuff that you have to do, which is, you know, super weird. That's but um, sick. What, you did, you kind of didn't want to do it. Well, you know, it's, uh, it went from like, you have an opinion on something, not really thinking that you're ever going to get asked to do it. Right. Like, it, and then when you get asked, you kind of, it, it, you know, you, you have a clarity uh, of like, well, holy okay. shit, like, what what would be the reasons I would say no to this? You know, yeah, I was going to say, what are you crazy? Like, uh, you got to do that in two seconds to get the well, offer. Yeah, I mean, it was just, a, you, you have to understand, it was a weird time for tattooing, you know, it was basically, uh, you know, throwing tattooing into into the mainstream you know and oh I was like, so was it kind of like a purist thing like you were worried about what some purist tattooists might think of seeing fellow artists on television kind of exactly, commercializing it exactly it's like uh, it's like when, you know damn. it's like when the the big label comes knocking, you know sniffing around the the punk or the hardcore band and you go like well, i see shit, how much what does this mean what does this mean you know? i'll take it how <laughs> how did it feel like did like the the job, the daily grind of going to work, did it feel a lot different during that time period for you, or was it like you know what I mean? Did it ch- like was it better or worse or just different? Well, I went from tattooing hardcore kids and and you know people that I had a lot in common with to having to talk to you know all kinds of people about primarily losing someone or losing something or struggle and intense, you know, hardship or whatever, um, yeah. which, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a therapist, you know, but I kind of got thrown into that chair whether I liked it or not. So to me, it, it made me kind of realize that I needed to kind of navigate it a little bit more than I, than I, than I first thought. So I made a real effort to, um, try to get my friends on there. You know, I, I, I made a real effort to try to include people that were doing cool stuff that it wasn't just someone who, you know, unfortunately lost somebody. It was artists and musicians and, you know, people who I've met and, and, and have been lucky to meet. And I wanted to kind of uh, give back a little bit. And, um, you know, I tattooed uh, Rusty from H2O on there. Um, you know, I mean, a bunch of bunch of band guys and, and girls who I kind of submitted, you know, not not all of them made it. But um, I even uh, I even lined up an interview with Isaac. <laughs> um, oh, that would have been great TV, uh, no? It would have been amazing TV. I don't that know. That would have been incredible TV. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually walked into the offices after after he 
he uh, went and interviewed, and it was like I walked into a whole room of ghosts. They just oh. didn't, <laughs> they didn't know what they didn't know what to think. Um, but I tried my best, you know. But um, you know, yeah, I just figured, man, it was my opportunity to. If if I'm going to be the one that gets asked to do it, it's my opportunity to kind of shed a little light on at least what kind of brought me to America. Like I was wearing all my favorite band shirts every every show, and you know yeah. I was I was just trying okay. to do my best to give back as much as possible. And it was cool. It was cool to 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 have so many people kind of come out of the woodwork and be surprised if I was wearing an Earth Crisis shirt on the TV or whatever. And um, yeah, I was. Yo, I was did uh do it. Did you get any any negative uh, any negative vibes or feedbacks from actual tattooists that you kind of admired, or were, were you ever disappointed that you might have disappointed someone during that time? Yeah, I was. You know, I, that that definitely happened. Um, who, who? Could you name them? <laughs> ultimately, you know, I think you. I mean, I don't know if you guys have experienced it on on some level with. You know, just you start in your in your garage. You know, you're a band, and you don't you don't ever think that you're going to leave your your neighborhood. And then all of a sudden, you're on the persistence tour, or you're doing you know doing this shit that you've done. It's like there's always going to be someone who who has that opinion, and it, and it, ultimately, it always just comes down to their own insecurity, right? Like, yeah. like yeah. I, the thing I, is, I'd never experienced it from someone that I admire, though. Like, you know what I mean? Luckily, it's always just a random knucklehead that's acting, you know acting goofy but like if it was somebody like like you mentioned earth crisis if, if carl from earth crisis was somehow for some reason dis disappointed in my musical efforts it yeah. would affect me in a weird way you know i'd feel bad yeah. about it you know? well you know i mean music as well but i think tattooing is it's pretty um you know it's it's an ego-driven kind of industry right like whether you want to kind of admit it yeah. or not it's like you're only as good as your last tattoo me, me included. You know what I mean. You're only as good as your last song, really. I mean, if if I you write, say that, always I love that. If you write a bad song and people don't like it, fuck, man. Like, what what do you expect? So, um, you know, the, unfortunately, there is a lot of kind of uh, insecurity that comes along with tattooing. But I just felt, man, if it if if I'm if I'm the dude who's getting asked to do this, I can step up or I can just pass it on to someone else. And and if and if I step up to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear that Earth Crisis shirt with a you know you know regardless of of what happens kind of thing. Hell yeah, you know? nah, I like that. That's that's big, man. Because I mean, now we don't think twice about a show based around tattoos on television. We don't think twice. There's exactly it does it's common. Yeah. yeah, it's happened. It happened so many times and all different types of. Uh, and you and know. you know what? It was like it was kind of before like social media really took off as well. You know, it was like totally. it was. It was before Instagram. It was, you know, Twitter. Like I think, as soon as the show started, I think I had like sixty thousand followers in a week or something. You know, wow. And it was like, oh, now you're this guy, you know. And it's like, of course, there's a bunch of purists out there, and there is with music too. It's like, oh, you, you're this dude who who might do some traditional tattoos. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of other shit. But if you get labeled like, oh man, you're that guy, it's like. You know that kind of opens the door for uh, people who are, are pretty self righteous to say like, "Oh, that you know, he, he he's not that guy." You know, yeah. it's just like 
you know, you say you're a hardcore band. Well, then they're, they're not that hardcore. Like, look, they have a solo. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, these dudes are always out there, or, or, or girls. You know, it's yeah. something you can't really get away from. But you know, I just kind of learned to deal with that whole side of it. But it, it, it was a trip from the beginning. Well, to not only that, but the guy, you and 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 Cat Van D, like you, you had skills. Like you guys really had skills, and. Uh, you know, more so than I think of some of the artists on television now. <laughs> so I don't think there was, they were throwing random, you know, like there's, you know, there was a, there's a lot of crappy tattooists out there. They, you guys had skills right off the bat and I could tell, you know, I could, you know, just like you said, the certain style that we would have in our scene, I could tell if, if t- artists were from our scene, but, uh, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you think now of, like you mentioned Instagram, Instagram basically became like so good for tattoo artists. It's, it's like yeah, man. Yeah. O- over the top. Like I would have never expected that, that, you know, uh, if, if I would have analyzed it, it does make sense, but Instagram for tattoo artists and girls with nice butts, it's incredible. Yep. It changed, it changed the whole, it changed everything. hundred yeah. percent. You know, it made, it made, the person who might not ever leave their town, but is a killer artist, you know, known or seen, um, it, it kind of pushed the people that were really, um, you know, killing it or whatever. Just it kind of pushed them into into a different hemisphere, you know, different, different, yeah. different, different galaxy. You know, it's it's like man, and and it's only gotten. I mean, Instagram's kind of gone sort of down the tubes with all the the technical sort of algorithms and all the shit that you kind of have to have to deal with now. But man, there was some, those first few years, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. So dope. But I, I, I jumped ahead because I wanted to ask when you mentioned it before you, you said you put, you're going to put your band on hold to do that show and work at the shop. What yeah. band was it at the time? So that was a band called uh, deer and departed. And we were on equal vision records. Um, uh, when, yeah, when I was in my band in New Zealand, one King down came, came down to New Zealand and we supported them and, and did the tour. And I just always kept in touch with Bill, uh, Scoville and, um, and everyone from the band. They're, they're great dudes. We had amazing times with them in New Zealand and, and, uh, Bill's being a staple at, at equal vision. So, um, so yeah, it was, a, you know, it was a, a different style. Um, it was a little more of what I kind of grew up in the early days on like a little more like a new wavy or kind of alternative sound, I guess. Um, but, uh, to me at that time, it was like something that I really just wanted to, to try to do. And, um, you know, we did, uh, our first record we did, um, with the dude from Nine Inch Nails and then, uh, Chad Gilbert stepped in as well. Um, did our last, uh, record and EP, so, wow, very cool. you know, um, I got to sing with, uh, uh, Robin from gin blossoms on a song oh. and, um, yeah. And, and just do some, co- some really cool stuff, man. Again, it was, it was nothing that I hadn't sort of done before. It was just a bit of a different sound and a bit of a different, uh, different world of, of, of music. So, um, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yo, is your, is your father still around? Yeah. 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 What did he, what's he think of your music? He's liked it more and more. I mean, he, he liked that band, but, but Sharp Shock is definitely probably his favorite band now. Um, just because. I was going to say, that'd be right up his alley, the way you yeah, explained yeah, it, right? Man. 
Yeah. So, so, so Davey in the band who sings and plays guitar, he's from Birmingham. And, um, on paper, he kind of has the same story as me, uh, aside from the tattoo thing. But, um, uh, and then the drummer is, is also from Birmingham. He grew up in Minnesota and, um, yeah, yeah. Minneapolis. And, um, and uh always played the drums but kind of never played in a band believe it or not so he was sort of um thrown in the mix and yeah he's worked out super super good so um we're kind of three imports to to america and um you know all the same kind of musical upbringings and 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 we're all on the same page very much when it comes to writing and, and stuff so it's um it's kind of a no-brainer, but yeah, my dad's super into it. And you guys, awesome. had, uh, you, you guys had some cool stuff lined up before this corona shit happened, right? Yeah, we had a full U.S. and Canadian tour with uh, Face to Face, which um, which would have been amazing. But Fuck yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm not going to cry about that because every band you know, on the planet is going to do the same thing and, and more. So um, yeah, man, hopefully – you know, we're not destined for drive-in movie theaters uh, as shows for the rest of our lives, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I want to get a drive-in movie theater show. I think that would be cool. You want to go see one or you <laughs> want to play one? No, I want to play one. <laughs> I want to play on the big screen. Jeez. Yo, what do you think, Dan? You think about this whole thing. What do you think it's going to be like? Like, you got any predictions? Well, I mean, predictions. I don't know. It's with the amount of information that's out there, it's pretty easy to kind of just ignore all of it. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of my, uh, my method, especially. Oh, good. I, like that. I don't know. I don't know if it's good, but it's what I'm doing. You know, I just, I, I, I've got shit to do and, and I've honestly really kind of been grateful for the time because I kind of spread myself pretty thin. So, um, it's been nice to, you know, spend some time with, with the wife and, and kind of do shit around the house. And I don't know, ride my bike a lot more. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird seeing how different cities and states are kind of dealing with it. And, um, I know personally around here, it hasn't really affected too much, I think, cause we're pretty spread out, you know, but I can only imagine what some of the more sort of condensed cities are, are dealing with, uh, you know, New York, especially it's kind of crazy. And, um, you know, definitely respect to anyone who's kind of really suffering through this because it's it's not fun at all um it's, it seems like shit's kind of going down the middle you're like your team lockdown or your team open everything up kind of right now what do you what do you find yeah. yourself agreeing with more if anything you know I, man i think of some of the clubs i've played in and some of the places i've slept and like you know what i mean some of the places i've even tattooed backstage and shit and i'm like i'm i'm, I'm pretty good to open it up you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, you're, you're a part of a community, right. And that's always been important to me. So, I mean, you got to do your part, which at this point, you know, looking at the numbers and all that stuff, it, it, it's tricky. It's tricky to, to choose, you know, I want to, I want to be part of a community and do, do the right thing, but I also don't want to be living in a van again. So, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to believe to, to be honest. I really don't. Like yeah, it's down, crazy. Down for like, whatever. There's so many different stories and narratives and, you know, such a strange lack of leadership. Yeah. You know, it's a, there's like, that's the biggest thing that I've 
come away with is like there's a lack of leadership in this country on every single level outside of the the family home yeah. even in a lot of family homes but just like it's like a chronic lack of leadership yeah yeah Nobody agrees. Federal government, state government, local government, everybody wants something different, but nobody makes any real solid moves. It's all recommendations and suggestions and maybe this, maybe that. It's it's so fucking stupid. I forgot to tell you, I was on the news tonight, Richie. On What'd our you local do? You kill somebody? <laughs> well, no, somebody killed somebody in Connecticut. Oh, that guy, were, he was uh, at Walmart, I heard. Yeah, he was at, he was in a few places in town. So I, when I was in town today, they were they were interviewing people on the street, oh, and uh, I did a little interview about what I feel about the killer on the loose. Oh, <laughs> well, he's still on the loose, huh? He's still on the yeah. loose. Yeah, on a spree. I heard about him the other day. He killed like two people. I think he's from Rhode Island, and then but his last known whereabouts, he's creeping around this area. Yeah, I think the murders happened in Connecticut. Okay, I just and, got a little uh, message for him. You came to the wrong fucking place, pal. <laughs> you understand me? We will find you. But where I, where I was, they said that he was just there. Oh, that's sick. And I was like, I said to the the guy, the news guy, I was like, imagine he was like behind me walking, and like you were interviewing me, and he was like in the back walking. He's like, <laughs> oh my god. He's like, and they turned around, and it was a dude in a t shirt. He's like, hold on a minute. <laughs> and there was a dude walking behind me. <laughs> that looked like similar to the. I, I was like, that can't be him. He's got like shaved legs. He looked like a little like oh. frat boy. I was like, that can't be him. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Maybe that's crazy. See, Dan, <laughs> it's going going down everywhere, man. Yeah, it's going crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's so sick. Let's get back to Dan. Joe, you're trying to steal a spotlight. Sorry, from sorry. I didn't mean to thunder, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, yo. The sharp shock stuff, like. Who who kind of because it's it's such a particular style, like who said let's do this? Like, who who wanted so, uh, to go that route? So Davey is the guitarist and singer, and he he moved out here with his band Beat Union, and uh, they you know they did Warp Tour and we did Warp Tour and 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 being both of us kind of being from outside the, the U.S. we we bonded pretty quickly, and um, he ended up producing and and he's a, he's a, he's a an engineer and a producer so he was at hurley um you know the brand the surf brand hurley which is out here and both of our bands ended up on uh they had kind of a, a record label thing going at one point and both of our bands ended up on that and um they had a skate park there and i, I they, you know i was lucky to get the keys so every friday i would go and skate with Toby and, and, a, and a bunch of people. He filmed, actually, they H2O filmed that, that skate video at that skate park. Oh, and nice. um, studio was right next door. So I'd always just, just pop in and see what he was up to. And and, and uh, he'd done another band and that, that had ended. And we're both huge Descendants fans. And we always kind of bonded over that. And uh, every time I was there, I'm like, man, come on, let's, let's do something. Like, you know, both of our bands are done. It, we just need to kill, you know, kill some time, and it could just be for the first time, pretty much. It could be like pure fun and and no expectation, and you know, I feel like the the, the you know the experiences that, that I had with being in a band and the move and even just recording and and doing videos and whatever else, I felt like there was always more fun to be had with it, you know, and and. and I would always think back to when I was just a kid 
you know, playing in my garage, you know, and, and I'm just like, man, it would be cool to just have that again. Cause when you get older, you kind of lose, lose sight for whatever reason. And, and, um, eventually he was just like, you know what? I've written, I've written some songs. You want to come and play bass on it? And I'm like, fuck yes. So, oh, uh, you know, he had 24 hour access to that studio. So everything that we recorded has been free or, you know, and he's done everything. And we, we reversed there. We've done videos there. We, uh, that was kind of our, our headquarters. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's, you know, Nike kind of bought and sold it. So it's, it's not around anymore, but, uh, as of like a week ago, Davey's got his own studio and, and he's actually in there right now with face to face. So, um, it was a very organic and, and just easy thing. And in the beginning it was like, man, we just, we just want to do it just, just to do it. And, and that's it. And then we got a show first show in LA. And then the second one was fucking supporting descendants at the palladium in LA. Nice. Wow. That was amazing. You know, I was just like, man, this is like a truly special, like, like full circle kind of like, man, all of this was worth it kind of thing, you know? Um, and then people just dug it, man. And it was cool. We didn't really have to do much, you know, Skiba from, uh, alkaline trio and, and blink, um, was just like, man, this is so good. Like, let me, let me put out your records. And, um, we were just like, all right, like, fuck it. It, it means that we can stay out of the music industry, like the label machine that we hated, you know, and that was never like rewarding to us. And then, um, and just kind of do, do what we want and, and just have people, know about it and be into it and it was it was just perfect so yeah that's awesome that's like a perfect timing story man i love oh, it man yeah totally how's it work with the well, guy I in, woke in up- minnesota though um he was gonna move out here at one point and then um you know just kind of between between two i mean you, you guys know how it is because i know you all don't live in the same city so it's like some tours it, it works out to kind of hang around a little bit bit longer. Um, I mean, it is different coasts really for for him, but, um, there was a time where he kind of stayed out here for a long time and and then just, you know, you need to kind of go home and make some money. And he, he works at an animal shelter out there. So, um, he didn't want to lose that, that job. And it kind of made more sense for him to go back and just fly out when, when, uh, when, when it was necessary. And, and I have the shop too, you know, so it's, the band is, is definitely not like a full-time thing, even though last year we were super busy. Um, so yeah, you know how it goes, man. We're just, we're just juggling and, and trying to make it all work. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, he, he comes out when he has to come out. Not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Minnesota though. I don't even know where the hell that is, to be honest. That's like so more north, in the cent- center of the country <laughs> kind of, right? Yeah. It's like in the middle up north. Yeah. 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 It gets cold up there. So I know Jesse Ventura is from Minnesota. They have funny accents up there. Joe's good with the that's Minnesota. Where they, uh, that's where they just, uh, those cops killed that dude. Oh, shit. You that didn't see that, did you, Dan? No, no. What, what happened? Uh, these cops, they, they, they murdered this guy on wax. Like people were recording it. And it's okay. I don't know what, what happened before the video started, but since the video started, there's a cop who is just chilling kneeling on the guy's neck like i've seen like, pictures of it but I, yeah I don't yeah know 
agree. And and for about four, five, six minutes, I don't know, he just does not move off this guy's neck. And of course, at some point, like I was telling Joe, like, how do you not know this guy's going to die at some point? Like, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, they know. Like, they all train jujitsu now. They're all familiar with chokes and things like that. They he definitely. That's why he was kneeling there was to yeah. put this guy out or to incapacitate him. He knew exactly what he was doing. Kill, murder him, straight up. And then now, but I heard they fired four cops. Joe, yeah. I don't know if you can see from the angle you like of the video, there's two guys to that cop's right behind the car. That yeah, you, you don't see really from, see them much in, yeah. the, video, in the, the, and, the one video. And they're just, a, yeah, the, they're holding like his legs that down. Comes in towards the end, right? From a yeah. different angle. I would like to see her cell phone footage. Yeah, it's that, that up. chick that comes in at the end to see the other dudes' faces. I mean, yeah, I know, like, I, I know, I saw, I saw Dan Smith's Twitter, and he said that these cops are in the right, and they had every reason to do this, but I can't necessarily <laughs> agree with that. You know no. what I was thinking is, like, I was thinking of this, you know, this party I went to when I was a, a young kid uh, by the beach, and they would always end up in riots. You know what I mean? And, and the cops would yeah. come. And stuff, and I was like, man, I remember, I remember getting taken home by cops. Like in New Zealand, like it's, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule, you know. But just having a country like the states that's the, the population is just so, it's just so many people, you know what I mean? And and yeah, just growing up when when you're your most angsty or your most like fuck the world or whatever, I, I still remember, you know, cops being super willing just to like, you know. Just, just take you home and just fuck. You know, you know. It's just, it's, it's a different upbringing. But um, like more yeah. of like what a cop is supposed to be like. Yeah, man. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always those bad apples in, in anything. I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's perfect anywhere. But um, you know, this this country's uh, dealing with a lot of shit, man. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, we are a crazy <laughs> place. This is a crazy fucking place, man. Yeah. Uh, and it's getting worse. But what do I know? I'm just watching like the rest of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now that you're here, though, Dan, and you're like, you know, assimilated fully. I'm assimilated. here. I'm here to stay, man. I'm, I'm so, American as fuck. I got my citizen. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. That's I wave my flag. I'm in. <laughs> so now that you're here and you're one of us. Yeah. What do you what's your assessment now from the inside looking out? Like when you look back at like the like the other countries you lived in, like is it crazy here? Is it fucking? Yeah. Is it really crazy? Yeah, it is. It's really crazy. <laughs> but you know, it, it's crazy in a good and a bad way, right? Like, like I go back to New Zealand and I get claustrophobic, and I'm just I I I, I you know after a certain amount of time, I'm like, get me out of here, you know, and to a place that I kind of grew up living. It's it's crazy, right? Like yeah. I, I need, I need everything that I have here, and I, I feel really lucky to to have what I have here. And um, I'm reminded of it every time that I get visitors from from England or New Zealand or, or whatever, and especially first time visitors. You know, like my parents came for the first time, uh, you know, last year, and the only real reference that they have for like Orange County especially is Orange County housewives, you know? So to, oh, oh, wow. to my mom going like, are we going to, are we going to drive past those houses? You know? And I'm like, we, we can. <laughs> I mean, we can, if you want, but there's a lot more to it. Um, but, you know, showing them the Hollywood sign, you know, showing them, 
you know, skid row. It's like, it, it's, wow, it's yeah. that just doesn't exist when you have, well, it doesn't exist on the level that it exists here and mainly because of the population and the size, you know, like mm. there are 4 million people in the whole country of New Zealand and you can literally drive for, if you, if you drive for 40 minutes, you, you could not see a single soul, you know what I mean? And, and for, for a long time, or you could go to places that are just, have never been touched, you know? So when you're thrown into downtown LA or, you know what I mean? Huntington beach pier where it's just shoulder to shoulder on a weekend, you know, it's, um, it's a trip. Wow. 4 million people in all of New Zealand. Yeah. 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 Around that. Oh my God. That's great. (laughs) Well, kangaroos in New Zealand or is that just Australia to kangaroos? I thought you said kangles. I was like, no, man, yeah, I mean, you can wear a kangol down there if you want. Um, uh, just, well, I think there's wallabies in in in, uh, in New Zealand. And uh, I think I saw something recently that they're almost like uh, a pest, you know, like they're kind of uh, destroying a lot of the natural habitat, which unfortunately really? will always happen with New Zealand because – it's 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 got its own kind of ecosystem down there, so that's why they're really strict on taking, um, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables and you know dirt that's on your hiking shoes or whatever. Like, it can oh, kind of cause a lot wow. of problems. So, um, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I love New Zealand because of a single man named Chris Lilly. Like this guy, Joe. You familiar with this guy? You've already blown it, man. You you blew it. Chris Lilly, Australian. What? Yeah. What do you mean, your friend? He's from. Where's he from? No, he, I said you blew it because Chris Lilly is Australian. No, he's not. I thought he was New Zealand. No, man. Australian. He, I thought that show with the with the with the kid that's a dark kid that kind of looks like uh, an islander. Yeah. I thought that was New Jonah Zealand. No? Oh, that dude. Yeah. Yeah, that dude's fucking so, crazy. So, from Tonga is is my is my high school, right? Like, I grew up. I went to a a, a really like rough boys school, and it probably had like I don't know seventy percent Polynesian. So, to me, that's truly amazing that it's on a TV show. Um, I love that show. Uh, but yeah, man, oh, he's oh, Australian. Oh. That sucks. He's Australian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You've uh, you've oh, been living a lie this whole time. But you know what? I'll email you or text you a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of great New Zealanders, and you can do your homework. And then maybe we could do a second uh, you know, version of the podcast, and then we can kind of talk about that stuff. You know? How about Flight of the Concords? That's New Zealand, right? Boom! There you go, man. See? Oh yeah, yeah. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they really blew up, man. They got yeah. like careers and everything, man. They got like. Like yeah. big careers outside of Flight of the Concours. Yeah, that Flight of the Concours is 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 New Zealand's pride and joy, uh, for sure. That's a that's, that's like that your, was a great that's, show. that's like your story if you moved to New York. Yeah, you could have <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like how they say present, present, present. <laughs> oh, classic. Yo. My bad on Chris Lilly. My bad. Damn, for all this time, I thought he was a New Zealand guy. He's good. good at characters. Maybe I'll that's why he, that. he plays everything. Yeah, he's great. He's that guy's a genius. I think. I oh, hundred percent, man. He's he's great. He's great. I'm sure he gets a lot of shit from like PC, PC crowds. 
I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Is there like a yeah. PC crowd over there, or is that just like an American kind of a thing? I think I think it's uh, yeah. I think I think the, what you know what you're talking about exists everywhere, you know. And I think it kind of comes down to like social media stuff, really, right? Like yeah. you know, before when I was saying when I was younger and 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 in America or or Europe or whatever, just seemed like it was a world away. I mean, everything is connected. You know, you can see you can see the same meme that someone's watching, you know, someone's looking at on an Instagram page, no matter where where you live. So, um, so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's the same everywhere. And let's take this interview to, to this point, because, uh, you came here so many years ago, Mm. you had a dream and the dream is finally coming to fruition, (laughs) a split, a split seven inch, with Sharp Shock, Wisdom and Chains coming out. That's right. That's, That's right. right. You know, it, the it, pinnacle. It, I was going to say, if there's one thing that I could truly chalk up to being the ah. pinnacle, the pinnacle, if one thing was worth it, it would be the split seven-inch. Yes. Chains. See that, man? So I don't know if people know that, but maybe we'll, uh, at some point, would you care if we played one of the songs from uh, the split uh, after a podcast? Or Of course. You know? Yeah, maybe we should do that. Chris Mavromatis, if you're listening, uh, let's throw in uh, a Sharp Shock song, the original, I'd say. Might as well push it a little bit. And And I want to throw this in real quick, too, before just that your song, uh, Troublemaker, Mm -hmm. stuck in my head for for a little (laughs) bit now. That's good. And it's funny because I know it's stuck in there good because I hadn't listened to it for for maybe like a week. You know, yeah. and then it yeah. it popped in my head again, and I was just I've been singing it all day, maybe because I knew what we were going to speak tonight. But it's a great song. Uh, so anybody listening, go check out that song, Troublemaker. Check out all their songs, but Troublemaker is one of, one of my favorites. Love that. Thanks, man. And Dan, what's that word that you were telling me about? Uh, uh, about the English dudes, Chad, Chads or something? What do they call? Like. With a V, chav. A chav. Okay, Joe, you ever hear that term, a chav? No. Okay, man, it's kind of like a lot of the dudes that we know in England are, <laughs> are like these chav dudes. It's kind of like, I don't want to offend nobody, but maybe kind of almost like wiggerish type of dudes here in America, which maybe <laughs> I sometimes have, have been guilty falling in that category. But uh, these chav dudes are kind of like that band, that like real heavy band that also kind of raps. That was from oh, London. Yeah, like TRC. Or yeah, TRC. Or, yeah. That like total. Yeah, yeah. And they got a video for it, and they dress. They have a dude dressed like like these dudes. Yo, it's it's so good, man. You got to check that out. What's the name dude. of that song? Uh, that's called Bad Lad. Bad Lad. Yeah, yeah check that song. Lad, that's, that, that's actually all of us dressing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But was, oh, what about the main dude that was kind of like the troublemaker? That's one of you guys. So, so that that was the uh, that was the guitarist of Davy's old band Beat Union. So he did he filmed all that in Birmingham in England, uh-huh. and um, you know, and then and then we we filmed the video over here and we kind of mashed it up, you know, together. So um, yeah, he's he's one of the most hilarious dudes that we know. <laughs> like honestly, top five funniest funniest dudes I've ever i've ever met so when he's he had let me film stuff and i'll send you it you know we're like of course you you, you're the right guy for the job yeah yeah yo his faces like when he's smoking cigarettes and stuff it was like he's he's stealing wallets and he's like (laughs) pushing over old ladies and stuff it's that's uh, amazing yeah remember that first uh 
Remember the the nine bar, the first nine bar album, Richie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Remember the artwork That's... inside and it had like piles of coke and they had like stacks of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nine, nine bars a fan from London that that is just like over the top with that shit. But yeah, you know. yeah and the, the whole TRC. Remember they had like a beef with a uh, with six foot ditch. Yeah, there was like a it was like a rap beef. But between yeah. two hardcore bands, well, it was like totally like you know drama. They would wear like jumpsuits that were like a little awesome. too tight. Yo, oh, so. yeah, it was amazing. That's yeah. great, man. I got. I love. Bad Eng- I love English people. I love it. I like the humor. You know, like uh, they got the dry sense of humor. You know what I mean? A lot of Americans they don't get that stuff. <laughs> you know, bad lad. Check that out. But uh, yo, Dan, you, you we got to. Uh, you know, we usually do this podcast like face to face. Uh, and with, you know, what went on, we switched over calling people up, doing it like this. Yeah. So makes it easier. Cause usually we just don't even have guests. We're so entertaining on our own. People are happy with it, but lately we've been getting guests because we're just calling up our friends. So we appreciate you talking to us, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. You know, I, uh, I value our, our new friendship and, uh, I'm stoked for the future for the seven inch and, um, you know, yeah. I'm I'm a fan of the podcast, so yeah, uh, uh, it's my pleasure to be on here. And I, yeah. I a couple episodes ago, I asked a friend of mine that knew him. I'm going to ask you because I know you know him. Uh, a guy named Matt Skinny Bagwell. Do you know him? Of course, it's my guy. I, I, I'm trying to get this guy to give me the time of day so I could get in the tattoo appointment from this guy. Oh and yeah, he just he's acting like he's better. He don't know anybody. This that. Yeah, yeah. I hear he's booked out for like four or five years. Man. I know. Come on, though. You know what I mean? I, you I, know. I'll, I'll go to his house, whatever it takes. So maybe you could <laughs> drop a line. And say, I'll try and pull some strings for you, you know? Yeah, it seems like he's not hearing the messages for some reason. So I don't know, trying to get it, get in his ear a little bit. And Dan, then maybe I can't. Go ahead. What's up, Joe? <laughs> I was going to say, Dan, tell everybody where they can find you guys on social media, your personal, your tattoo stuff, your band, like everything. They tell, tell people where they can find you guys on social media. So, uh, if there was a, if there was a, what is it, a top top eight, top nine, like there was in MySpace, I would be number one on on Richie's uh, on Richie's you know friend list on That's on Instagram. Right. <laughs> Instagram name is Dan Smith Ism I S M at the end. Uh, my shop is Captured Tattoo, out here in uh, in Orange County, California, just down the road from Chain Reaction. Um, what else? Uh, Sharp Shock. Sharp Shock. Just just at Sharp Shock. I might have to put an American accent on for that, right? Sharp, sharp shock, sharp shock. There you go. <laughs> that was like Midwestern, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely like Texas or something. <laughs> sharp shock. So, uh, yeah, man. No, All right, appreciate awesome, it, man. Eddie. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, keep an eye out for the seven inch. Uh, we're doing a cover and an original each. Uh, so definitely, uh, it's it's going to be good. Like a nice. Uh, refreshing thing to put out some music in the middle of like a you know worldwide pandemic or whatever you want to call yeah, it you know if we yeah. could get out of time these these pressing plants are like they're fucking on uh, turtle speed right now you wouldn't believe it oh really how yeah. long do you like? i don't know we're trying to make some moves grease them up a little bit make a nice offer so yeah. we'll see what they say but and by the way dan did all the cover art for this and it's so dope. it's so cool it's yeah. so eye-catching man it's so great so- i'm glad you like it man i i've been doing a lot more of that stuff uh like record covers and, and band t-shirts and stuff so it's 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 cool to uh just tap into to what i got into when i was a kid you know and and, and still have people appreciate it even 
since I just turned 40, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. You just wow. got a gift, Fino. my friend. Come on. You got a gift. <laughs> All right, Dan. Yo, we'll talk to you soon. Let's do it again. Thanks, boys. Have a good night. Bye, Later, brother. See ya. Bye-bye. Choice in this life.